Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, December 7th, 2012. Today we're reading from the big book. You'll find us in the chapter Into Action on page 77, the first full paragraph. Today's readers are Kim, Sharon, Paula, Monica, and Sarah. And the share code for yesterday's meeting, Thursday, December 6, 3464. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. OA's, our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Miriam to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Leah. This is Miriam calling from Israel. The 12 steps. One, admitting we were powerless on food that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood it. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, committed to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our own. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asking to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we have found and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, make direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so with injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, hope for prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood it, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you. I will now call on Rachel to read the Twelve Traditions. Yes, good morning. I'm sorry, Leah. You have to call on Margaret because I only have my little big book and I cannot find the traditions. Have a good morning and, and call on Margaret Thank again. Thank you. Margaret, I call on you, please, to read the 12 traditions. 
Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Raquel. Good morning, Vision, for you. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter entitled Into Action. You'll find us on page 77, beginning with the first full paragraph. And I will ask Kim to begin reading, please. Thanks, Leah. We don't use this as an excuse for shying away from the subject of God. When it will serve any good purpose, we are willing to announce our convictions with tact and common sense. The question of how to approach the man we hated will arise. It may be he has done us more harm than we have done him, and though we may have acquired a better attitude towards him, we are still not too keen about admitting our faults. Nevertheless, with the person we dislike, we take the bit in our teeth. It is harder to go to an enemy than to a friend, but we find it much more beneficial to us. We go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our formal ill feeling and expressing our regrets. 
Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive reader in South Jersey. Boy, these, these first 100 know me well. They know the problems I'm going to have with going to people who I have ill will against. But this last paragraph, this last sentence is so wonderful. We go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our formal ill feeling and expressing our regret. And how can I do that? How can I go to someone with a helpful and forgiving spirit? It's because of all the work that I've done up to this point. It's steps one through eight that prepares me to do this. And, and we, in a way, love to use the, the steps as a buffet. We'll pick and choose. And let me tell you what a, a uh, step nine would have looked like if I hadn't done step one through eight. I would have gone up to someone that I had ill will against, and I would have said, even though you're a jerk, and I know you've been a jerk, and let me tell you all the reasons you've been a jerk, I'm now in L.A., and I have found God, and I am now a holy person. Therefore, even though I might have done something to you, it wasn't really my fault, but I might have done something to you, I'm a bigger person now, and I'm going to forgive you for being a jerk. Thanks for your time. Those were the type of, of, of amends I would have done because I, I didn't do the work. You know, in step four, we make those columns, and that fourth column is so essential. I begin to see my part. I understand that people have done the best they could do with what they knew at the time and that I stepped on the toes of my fellows and they retaliated. Therefore, I understand there is my side of the street. You know, I've talked to someone in step five. They've helped me to see the patterns that I've had. So I've had this same play and I keep choosing these actors to come in and play those parts. Therefore, I am the architect of my own misery. In steps six and seven, I recognize that it is my character defects that are blocking me from God. It is my anger, my dishonesty, my resentments, my fear that are blocking me from God. And because I do not want to be blocked from God, I want to give those over to God. I said, God, take them all from me, good and bad, because it's my good intentions have hurt me as much as my bad intentions. And I made that list. And after discussing with my sponsor, writing it almost like a script of what exactly was my part, what am I apologizing for, how can I keep out his side of the street and keep to my side of the street. And with all that work, I go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing my formal ill feeling and expressing my regret. And I am that much closer to experiencing the promises of this program. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Janice. Janice, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Ms. Leah. Good morning. Vision for you. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Okay, where are we at right here, right now? We're going to face someone, perhaps someone whom we've considered an enemy. You know, the will of God is a forgiving. It's forgiving. It's giving. It's open-hearted. You know, that's what I know to be true today about the will of God. Not thy will, not my will be done. And I'm going to need all of the help I can get in taking the bit in my teeth. I am going to need all the help I can get. You know, lack of power was always my dilemma. It was my dilemma against the food. It was my dilemma against living life on life's terms. I did not have 
that loving and forgiving and giving an open-hearted spirit the way I wanted to. You know, and I so agree with Kim. I had good intentions. I had good intentions, but people were judging me on my actions. That's what they could see. And I want those actions to change. And I'm at a point now where my desire is high. My desire is high. Because if you're anything like me, you've gotten some good abstinence under your belt. The food is down. And now the transformation must happen. Must happen if I'm going to stay in this place of peacefulness where kindness and tolerance and love is going to be the code. And it's going to take going to someone who I may have looked at as my enemy and looked at my part, saw that I had a part, and want to make right what I can. So I pray about it. I definitely pray about it. I talk to other recovered people about it. And it says the question of how to approach the man we hated will arise. It may be that he has done us more harm than we have done him. And though we may have acquired a better attitude towards him, we are still not too keen about admitting our faults. But when we do it, it says, it might be harder to go to an enemy than a friend. But when we do it, we find it is much more beneficial to us than going to a friend and apologizing. Because there's been something there, something deep within me that's kept me prisoner. This attitude of mine, it needs changing. And if I have a better attitude now, and I want what these other recovered people have, I wanted that peacefulness, that even comfort that they seem to have walking through their day. I wanted that. And they were telling me this was how I was going to get it. This was how I was going to get it. Going in Janice, they said, in a forgiving and helpful spirit. And when I did that, when I thought less of myself, it happened. It happened. It was not easy. But freedom was not free, you told me. And I was willing I was willing to take that action. But I didn't do it without some preparation. I didn't do it without thinking and praying and talking about it, especially the ones that were going to be the most difficult. I went with preparation. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Start one to unmute. This is Katie. Katie, go ahead. Good morning. This is Katie, a compulsive overeater recovered in Virginia. Um, The question is how to approach the man we hated will arise. And the thing is, is that we can't make these kind of amends until we have done a lot of prayer and meditation. Um, Until the only thing that I see is my part. And I can um, happily say that I've had this experience with multiple people where I apologized for my part and I sincerely had no desire to point the finger and to point out what they had done wrong. And I will also say that um, they never, ever claimed their part. And I am still a happy, joyous, and free person. It does not matter. This um, program has taught me that I am not the judge. I am not the one who has to worry about their 
part. They have to worry about their part. That's between them and God. And I no longer, um, I just this morning had to run into someone who I had a deep resentment towards. And we had a screaming fight about 10 years ago. And um, afterwards, you know, <laughs> I took my, I took it through the steps and I wrote her a letter and I apologized. She thanked me for the letter. And, you know, I could smile and say hello to her this morning and um, go on my merry way. And I've not lost one minute sleep thinking about her in those 10 years. And she never, ever apologized for her part, and she hasn't changed. But that doesn't matter. I'm the one who needs recovery. I'm the one who needs to change. And... um, you know, it's just a miracle the way this program works, and I'm so grateful that we don't have to um, make excuses and shy away from uh, taking these steps, that um, there is no hopeless situation. Um, yes, it seems hopeless with that particular person because she has not changed. If I were to try to engage with her, she would burn me. But I don't have to do that today. I have choices. Um, And I'm just so grateful that, you know, I don't keep trying to beat up a dead horse and trying to make relationships work that are not good. That's not what it's telling us we have to do. Um, We can, we are given a lot of freedom in this program. And all we have to do is keep asking God for direction. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Katie. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? It's Monica. Monica, go ahead. Morning, Leah. Thank you, and good morning, everybody. My name is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I just wanted to remind everybody here that, you know, we're talking about step nine, making amends. And uh, this is something you do with your sponsor. You're not doing this all by yourself here. And um, in my case, I was instructed to write a letter first to each of, you know, to the person I was going to make this direct amends. And this would be reviewed with my sponsor to make sure that I was staying on my own side of the street, that I wasn't saying anything that might cause further harm. And so that gave me some... um, you know, that felt good to do all of that and to share it with her and then go out and do this. And remember here, you know, when do those ninth step promises happen? Before we are halfway through making these amends. Do you want recovery? Don't stop now. This is where the miracle happens, ninth step. And those promises come true when you're making these amends. Recovery is right around the corner. So don't be frightened. Work with your sponsor and keep plugging along. And I pass. Thank you, Monica. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'd like to comment on this as well. It says, nevertheless, with a person we dislike, we take the bit in our teeth. Um, You know, that bit is part of a bridle that you position in a horse's mouth 
in order to guide that horse. Um, that horse ends up submitting, being obedient to its master who rides upon it. And, uh, you know, I think of myself as that horse, meaning this program of recovery and the principles that we study every day are the bit that is placed in my teeth that I submit to. I am obeying to a new master. The old master was the disease of compulsive overeating, self-will run riot. The new master is God. So I take the bit in my teeth, um, and I obey a master. I bow. I uh, hold my head in a humble serving position. You know, what do you want of me, God? It says it is harder to go to an enemy than to a friend, but we find it much more beneficial to us. Why is it going to be much more beneficial? Because it's rooted in love. It's rooted in a desire to serve God and to live a more elevated life. So, um, you know, these amends are a very dignified process. Making amends is a very dignified process. And, and why do I need to make these amends? Well, because if I'm going to hide from people and if I'm going to have conflict between my ears and if I'm going to feel guilt and remorse and resentment, Um, this will block me off from the decision that I made way back in step three. And it will block me off from the sunlight of the spirit. And the chances are extremely good that if I don't follow through on these instructions and submit myself to God and submit myself to the program of recovery, the chances are excellent that I'm going to go back to compulsive overeating. (laughs) How's that? How's that for a reason? You know, the question isn't really whether I want to make amends or not. That is not the question. The question is, how free do I want to be? The question is, can I find peace of mind and happiness and remain abstinent if I don't make amends? It says, we go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our former ill feeling and expressing our regret. This program instructed me to accept the consequences of my behavior, to accept the consequences of my past, and to take responsibility for the way that I thought and the way I behaved. This program of recovery allows us to grow in maturity, in maturity. And we do that through the disciplines that are outlined in this program and the principles that are outlined in this program. And when I face that enemy, (laughs) you know, I remember that if God dwells in me, he dwells in you too. You know, there is, a, there is God in each and every one of us. may be difficult to find it sometimes, but there is God in every one of us. Let me tap into that, and please, God, let me serve you. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Star one, Patricia. Patricia, your turn. Yes. Um, one thing that I noticed is the forgiving spirit. I the, This is for me. Um, I'm the one that has these resentments in my heart. And, you know, when I've gone to people and made amends, they don't even know that I was holding anything in my heart. <laughs> um, so, therefore, this is for me. This is really not even for them. 
I mean, unless I've actually hurt somebody, but I'm talking about my holding resentments for me, um, you know, myself holding resentments because they didn't do it the way I wanted them to, basically. And when I make my amends, that, that forgiving is, is for me in my spirit, you know, to set me free. Anyways, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Patricia. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Okay, then we'll move on with Sharon, please. Sharon, star one to unmute. I'm here. Okay, this is Sharon, recovered compulsive overeater and grateful to be on the line this morning. Under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. Simply, we tell him that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to strengthen, to straighten out the path. We are there to sweep off our side of the street, realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so, never trying to tell him what he should do. His faults are not discussed. We stick to our own. If our our manner is calm, frank, and open. We will be gratified with the result. Now, when I look at this paragraph, the word that comes to mind, or the, the condition, if you will, that comes to mind is humility. And Dr. Bob, um, in reading some of, of uh, his, uh, stories about Dr. Bob, humility was very important to him. It was something that he really struggled with and that over the years he really had to work with. This is what we, the condition, this is, this is the attitude of heart and mind that we have to be in as we are doing our step nine. We, uh, humility, and the way Dr. Bob defined humility was perpetual quietness of heart. So we're going with a quiet heart. We're not going, uh, so before we do a step nine, before we approach a person, we need to make sure that we are at peace. We can't go in there with fear and fretfulness. We, We go there with serenity and peace, knowing our part. We're not looking to get anything out of this person. We're not afraid of what this person might say or do to us. We've worked all of that out with our sponsor and our fellows beforehand so that when we go in there, it's all about the sweeping, sweeping our side of the street, clearing it away, making uh, the amends, uh, accepting and trusting or accepting that what our part has been and recognizing that Though that person may have been wrong and and maybe even 99% wrong, we're just trying to take care of ourselves and clear away our, our side of the street. The other thing when we go into a, a um, to make amends to someone, when we go there, we, re, we have to take our higher power with us. We need to take our – we don't go alone – uh, we've worked it out with our fellows. 
but we go in a, in in the spirit. So we have that calmness. That humility allows us to be led in that situation by our new master. Remember, remember our new master. We're no longer serving ourselves or serving others. Now we're serving this higher power that has accepted us and is leading us to uh, health and to serenity and sanity. And this is a part of that process. It's um, We go in, we're a servant, we're trusting God. We're not looking to get anything out of this interaction ourselves. And we allow our hearts to be open. We're not reacting. We're acting upon life. And we keep our hearts open to whatever may happen. If that person needs to say something, we're available to hear it. Uh, we don't we don't have our minds made up before we go in there what the outcome is going to be. We are we are present. We are uh, breathing. I always say breathe because I always have to breathe because I find that when I'm trying to control things, I'm holding my breath and and it just it doesn't work. So breathing deeply and calmly, and I go in there trusting God. If I get anxious and nervous, I stop before I go in and and uh, make sure that I, uh, you know, sometimes I may be nervous and I just need courage. But if I'm nervous because I'm in self, then I need to I need to step back and, and uh, clear away something else before I go in. So I'm not focused on outcome. I'm taking care of my side of the street and, and I'm, I'm staying in that uh, place of trusting God, trusting my program, trusting the work that I've done, and being uh, courageous uh, as I go in there to to uh, do that step nine. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Penny E. Penny, go ahead. Nancy from New York. No, you missed the 727. Yeah, this is Nancy from New York. I'm just saying hi. I halted over. Hello? Excuse me one minute. Penny and then Nancy, please. Thank you. Go ahead, Penny. Thank you. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everybody. I am Penny. Penny, please press star one to unmute. Okay. Uh, Can you hear me now? Indeed. Okay. I'll start over. Good morning. Penny E. from South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm looking at this. Um, his faults are not discussed. His faults are not discussed. And, you know, up until now, we've been talking about um, how we can't be about me, 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 I, 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 and my song that I got so many uh, calls about, you know, I, 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 I. Um, this time it is about me. It's about me and God. I don't once mention the faults of the other person. Um, no matter how wrong I think they are, no matter how many years I commiserated with other people, you know, that uh, what he did, what she did, it doesn't matter. Do we want to be at peace or do we want to be right? You know, do I want to be recovered or do I want to be sick? I want to be recovered today. And I also want to say if there's anybody on the line who is thinking I'll never be able to do that after what she did to me, you know, don't worry about it. You're not there yet. You know, there's probably a lot of people on the line who haven't, who are still on step one. 
my experience was once I got through the six and the seven step and the A step, I was excited. I was excited to do this because we, I had done the turnaround. I had done the turnaround with my sponsor. I had done the turnaround with God. I saw my part. And I have an ulterior motive today. You know, this is a life and death mission for me. I'm going to do anything, anything that I have to do to uh, stay in my recovery, to be recovered and stay in my recovery. I also want to say, you know, miracles on this line are a dime a dozen. You know, dime a dozen, as long as we follow the principles, the principles. And I, too, have a story. A brother who told me, as far as I was, he was concerned, I was dead. I was dead. Um, And he was wrong, you know. He was wrong. If I told you all about it, you would agree, you would agree, you would agree. I realized that I had to make an amends, and I couldn't say anything about his greed and his uh, controlling and his perfectionism. I had to make an amends for me. I had greed. I was afraid I wasn't going to get what I wanted, what I needed, what I deserved. I had perfectionism. (laughs) We're a brother and sister here. He's not in control, and so on and so forth. I wrote the letter, and, uh, you know, we're back together again today, you know. We love each other. We're going to spend Christmas together. A miracle, a miracle of this program. So anyway, thank you so much for letting me share, and have a God-filled day, everybody. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Penny. Nancy, please. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Paula. May I share? Paula, go ahead. Thank you. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsible Reader. You know, I love the specific directions because that's what I need, and they're very specific here. There's no, gee, I wonder what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, oftentimes in school or in college you'd, you'd get a paper and they'd say how, what, when, where, why. I'm sure you all remember that. Well, this tells you all of that. It's not to write a paper. It's to live a life. To live a life fully. And it says under no condition. Now, it doesn't say if. There's no, well, not that way. By the way, that's what I would add. Well, no. Very clear here. No condition. Do we criticize such a person or argue? Yeah, well, that's going to make a lot of amends, huh? Simply, we tell him that we will never get over drinking. That's where it is. This is why you're doing that. You're never going to get overeating. You will fall back at some point because it's more than the eating. And then it says, until we have done our utmost. What is your utmost? What is your utmost? And what does that even mean? It is the greatest, the greatest power, degree, or effort. Oh, honey, this is what it took the greatest degree of effort to straighten out the past. Yeah, my past was pretty darn crooked. But if I didn't do this, it would be my future also. So this is what we do today. And I just love it. We're to sweep off our side of the street. Honey, I wanted to take care of yours. I never even looked at mine. How could I look at mine? Was Yours was so crowded. Mine was so sparse. Oof, so I thought. But then it says again, Nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so. There again, very specific instructions. 
never trying to tell him what he should do. And that was my whole life. Let me tell you, let me tell you, put a shingle up, and let me be very clear here and tell you how to live your life when I had no clue how to live mine. I love this, how it ends. If our manner is calm, frank, and open, and that's the word, open. Are you open here, open to God, his directions, his guidance? We will be gratified with the results. Yes, we talked about gratitude this morning. That's what I come with here. Thank you very much for allowing me to share, and with that, I do pass. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Uh, this, this is, is Lois. I share. I hear Janice and Lois. Okay. Thank you, Leah. Thank you. Under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue, or argue. You know, this is this is such good information for me to have. Such good information. You know, it tells me to check my attitude. Check my attitude. What am I going to walk in armed with? Well, I'm going to walk in armed with the knowledge about myself, about myself and what I need to do here. But if you're anything like me, I read this part of the big book. I studied this part of the big book and I was shaking in my shoes. I was shaking in my shoes. Was I nervous? Was I, was I anxious? Absolutely. Absolutely. Even though... I felt prepared by the step work that I had done. I as yet had no experience. I as yet had no experience doing this. But I tell you, once I got started, once I got started, once I got the first one under my belt, and then the next one, and then the next one, that spiritual experience began to grow in me. That this works. That this works. And on the ones that were difficult, I bookended them. You know, I had, I called my sponsor before. I called a recovered person that I'd been working with. I let them know I'm doing it today. This is what I'm doing. Pray for me. Pray for me. So I went in armed with the knowledge about myself and with the experience of all those who had gone before me, knowing that this worked. And when it worked for me, oh, my gosh, I couldn't believe it. Just the relief, the relief, the knowing that I could do this. With God's help, I could do this. I could do this. I could sweep away that wreckage of the past. I could begin to clean off my side of the street. Things looked clean to me. They looked open. And they weren't all all junked up with all of the stuff that I had been carrying around with me. That That wind, that clean wind could start to blow through me, and I could feel, start to feel the effects of it. But I wasn't going to argue with anyone. I wasn't going in trying to convince anybody else that this was the right thing to do. I knew it was the right thing to do. I knew for myself it was the right thing to do. Simply, simply, I said I will never get over compulsive overeating unless I do this, unless I do this. So I went in with that Peace, knowing deep in my heart, and also having the faith that God would see me through it, that God would see me through it, because it is a very vulnerable place to be when we do this. But you know, vulnerability is the open doorway. 
It is the open doorway, and it takes you to a place where you cannot imagine it rockets you into the fourth dimension. As hard as this step looks when you're reading about it, when you gain the experience of it, you will then have something to share with others that it works. It really works. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Lois, please. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Lois, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Massachusetts. And uh, so much has been said that um, that I just want to comment on this. This was so difficult for me, um, and I was I would never could never have done this work without the help of a recovered sponsor, and and um, knowing you know holding hands with God as I understood Him, which I was had just formed you know this this close close relationship. And I, you know, I was so full of fear, and, and um, I also, one of my biggest fears in beginning this, which I learned through doing the fourth and the fifth, when I saw my part was, I saw that in many situations, I, I judged myself as being wrong. So it was, you know, because I had such false pride, I was afraid of being wrong, and afraid of admitting being wrong to um, people in my life. I, you know, this was all new for me. And it was very, very difficult, especially with the ones that were very hard for me. And so, you know, it was with trepidation and fear, really, like Jana said, with shaky legs. I, I, I was willing to go to any lengths. I wanted to recover. I had the gift of desperation. And, and I had learned to have hope, you know, going through the fourth and the fifth step with my sponsor. And, and I also learned, you know, I, from doing these, these amends, um, many of them were very joyful to do. I was very happy to see what, how I had harmed others. Because I too, uh, Penny mentioned that I had I had a lot of excitement, you know, that I I could I could mend relationships, you know. I never thought I had any power to do that because I never thought I had any part in it. So for me, it was a, a mixed bag, but most of it, all of it, was you know blessings, blessings, and blessings. And the more I saw my vulnerability and admitted it and took action. Uh, the more healing I received, and I learned that, that God heals us through our wounds. You know, there's just such such a, a deep well of um, gifts that I received from this. It was, it was a, 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 a blueprint for the rest of my life. And it, one of them was that one of the very hardest ones I, I wanted to mention. Um, I, I had to write a letter to an ex, my ex-husband, not an ex-husband, my only ex-husband, which I was very, I was very fearful of, and I was very. It took me a long time to find my part. So I was able with my sponsors. I would have postponed that, but she said, "You're willing to go to any lengths, Lois. Do it." And so I wrote this letter with her help, and and out of that, you know, it was it was not it was it didn't go well. But the, but the biggest gift I got was that I became willing to do this. And I saw my part that I could apologize for and to make amends for. And even though it wasn't accepted, I was healed, you know. And I learned so much about that. And later on, this, you know, this person died. And, um, you know, I felt free, you know, like, like it is said, how free do you want to be? You know, so I can, um, you know, only encourage anybody to walk through your fears and walk through, you know, holding your sponsor's hand in the hand of God, and now that we have this vision for you, we have 100 sponsors on the line. So uh, thank you, and with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? It's Irini. Irini this is Christy. Ahead. And then Christy. Thank you, Leah. Good morning, my spiritual fellows. 
My name is Edidi, a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Well, I know where I came from, and, and I was never calm. I had chaos in my heart. I had chaos in my mind. I had fear, and I was mindless, and I would always react to everything. So to know, to now know that God is love, and because God is love and you love him, then you can depend on him. And it says here, if our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result. Well, this is a promise. This is a promise. If we shift from the I to the we, I know what I was. And thank God, I know what I am today. And I am able to say that I'm in the we form. That gives me so much strength and power to do anything in my life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Irini. And Christy, please. Hi, good morning, Leah. Good morning, uh, Vision for You. I'm Christy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, in active addiction, if I apologize, and that's a great big capital I, capital F, if I apologize, my apologies usually consisted of me saying something like, I'm sorry you were such a jerk. I'm sorry you were such a jerk. And, um, you know, that was the extent of it. And what recovery, you know, has taught me is for someone like me, you know, I'm either a bull in a china shop or I am an ostrich with my head in the sand. You know, I'm one extreme or the other. I'm going to take hostages or I'm going to hide in the corner um, in a darkened room somewhere and, um, you know, <laughs> be, you know, just completely overtaken by fear and anxiety. And so what recovery teaches me is to have a position of neutrality. It's taught me to, you know, with a whole lot of work, live in a, you know, kind of that moderate middle there, you know, that middle ground. Um, and so for me, you know, to just, you know, try to take all of my emotion and my stuff and all of the filters that I have, they're just really crazy. They're really crazy. And to just calmly approach someone, you know, have really have that manner as, you know, be calm. And, uh, you know, it's like at work today when I say, I'm really sorry I made a mistake. And, you know, let the chips fall where they may. For the most part, I mean, really, people are, you know, appreciative the honesty oh and say you know it's okay you know I just I take responsibility I take responsibility and you know the you know I, I, I don't take hostages I take responsibility today and what I used to do was you know I would just sit there and get into this analysis paralysis where I would I would say to myself you know if I say this they'll say this what if they say this what if they say this you know there are millions of words out there that you could put together into billions of phrases and I was exhausted and I hadn't even gotten off the couch you know, trying to think of what people might say if I did this or if I did this, you know, millions of permutations. And what recovery taught me and the people who went before me and certainly with the guidance of my sponsor and my fellows is, you know, 
it's just like saying, you know, it's just like giving a weather report without any kind of, um, you know, emotion behind it. You know, the sky is blue. It's, it's like, you know, just being completely neutral about it, as neutral as possible. Just stating what it is I'm there to do. I'm there to make amends. I'm there to clean up my side of the street. I'm so sorry I behaved that way, regardless of what someone else's reaction is going to be. However they filter it, whatever, however they respond, you know, I just stick to that. That solid foundation I've built as a result of steps one through eight. You know, I'm not starting at step nine. I'm starting after step eight, and you know, to invite my higher power into the equation, and you know, the love and support of this fellowship. I mean, who can go wrong? Who can go wrong with all of that? I'm here to, you know, make right with the world. I mean, there's, you know, that's a beautiful thing to do. And it doesn't mean I didn't walk into it with that mentality. I was terrified, you know, as other people have mentioned, terrified. Um, and, you know, this was a faith-building activity, even for the people who couldn't even remember what I'd been carrying around for years, couldn't even remember, didn't even know. Um, you know, I just, I mean, you know, you can't experience it. At least I could not experience it until I'd experienced it. I, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know the kind of freedom I was going to feel eventually. And when it cropped up later, if it did, I could say, oh, yeah, that's right. I took care of that. That's already taken care of. It's done with. So that I'm no longer burdened by that. I'm no longer burdened. I'm no longer burdened by, you know, seeing that person, uh, how they're going to react to me, what they're going to say. You know, like Katie talked about earlier, I can look people in the eye today, regardless of where they are in their lives. I'm in a different place today. I get to take the high road. I get to take the high road today. Um, and uh, I'm just so grateful for that. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Christy. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? I'll jump in here. Simply, we tell him that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. You know, as a real compulsive overeater staring at this page, you know, I was cornered. You know, uh, door number one, to continue to eat myself into uh, death or insanity. Door number two, to pick up this kit of spiritual tools and live a life of happy, joyous, and freedom. Um, that's it. There's no door number three. How many more decades, Leia, did you want to spend trying to search for door number three? So those are my choices. So either I take responsibility for my behavior and with good judgment, a careful sense of timing, uh, you know, and, and a lot of courage, and courage is mastery of fear, not the absence of it. Uh, you know, I do my utmost to straighten out the past. Freedom isn't free. I wanted freedom. I did not want to be in the chains of this disease any longer. I couldn't take the pain. I couldn't take the misery. I couldn't take the suffering. I could not take the degradation. I needed to be free, but freedom isn't free. Freedom is not free, whether you're talking about uh, our wonderful uh, United States of America or whether you're talking about personal freedom. It isn't free. There's a price to be paid, and that price was submission and obedience and being disciplined by the program of recovery and God. You know, why do I need to straighten out my past? Well, because it would be impossible. It was impossible for me to be free 
in the here and now while I was dragging an entire decade with me in the past, my actions of 1983. How could I be free? It was hard to live happy, joyous, and free when you're walking down the street and you're hoping you don't bump into an ex-boyfriend or an old boss. Uh, That's not freedom. The program of recovery is allowing me to live and find a way to live where I have peace of mind, serenity, and happiness, where I can be free. And if I delay this, you know, I'm taught rebellion may be fatal. Delay is dangerous. If I delay this, work. It's another day I'm restless, irritable, and discontent. It's another day I'm filled with fear. I'm filled with guilt. I'm filled with remorse. It's another day I don't feel good. And at some point, this mind of mine was going to feel bad for just so long until it was going to start thinking and seeking relief. And And a real compulsive overeater's way of seeking relief and that sense of ease and comfort is to take that first bite. So I was cornered. I was cornered. That's it. That was it. I just, you know, it's a very dignified process. Sharon said we we take God in with us. We take our higher power in with us. You know, we just open, you know, knock on that office door and say a prayer and, and walk in with God, with God. And, you know, through this program of recovery, we're able to achieve peaceful relations with ourselves and with other people and we're able to finally 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 live in harmony with ourselves and with others and with god you know this program of recovery work something came between me and compulsive overeating more than 25 years ago as a result of these very steps and it has been there ever since This recovery process takes us to freedom and allows us to reside there one day at a time. Anyone else on this paragraph this morning? Hi, this is Nancy from New York. Nancy, go ahead. Yeah, hi. Yeah, I'm uh, in recovery from eating and a number of other addictions. And I'm just here to share that I've been in these rooms for many years. And the one thing I've learned is you can make amends to people and then, you know, you can never make enough amends to certain people because they won't accept it. So this is when you have to start doing Al-Anon and start detaching with love and taking care of yourself. And I hear a lot about God, and God is not a human being. God is not a higher power. God is awesome and is the Almighty. And if anyone... I don't have any enemies. I don't have any enemies. I only have people in my life with situations that consist of sick people and sick behavior. There but for the grace of God go I. So I pray for them and I go on with my life and I can turn it over to the all-powerful, awesome God that none of us can fully explain and describe. And this God will take care of all of our problems and all of our situations. So what I say to anyone who has to deal with any uncomfortable situations, you can do the best you can. And some people are never completely satisfied with your best efforts. So in that way, in order to save yourself, in order to save your serenity, you just have to do some Al-Anon 
and detach with love and take care of yourself. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. And we're out of time now. I thank you, everyone who has shared this morning around the room. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Paula, will you please read a vision for you? This would be Paula, Recovered Composable Reader. A book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.